0: Hello. Welcome to Tolkien Truth, a podcast about finding the truth and goodness in the Lord of the Rings books by J.R. Tolkien. I'm your host, Caitlin Myler. Why, hello. This is Caitlin, and you're listening to Tolkien Truth, and it has been ages since I've recorded. I feel like I have some good excuses. We are moving. We are moving to Massachusetts. Abe got a job teaching out there and we are finally going to be able to buy a house. We've been married for 10 years. Always wanted a house. This is it. This is our final destination. Not really. We hope we have many more places to go. We are very excited, but we've been pretty crazy. We had a family reunion in between the time we found out he was going to move and... um and now, which is a whole house full of scattered boxes. And we've moved like eight times. You'd think we'd figure it out by now of what to do and how to do it. But we haven't really. <laughs> but we're doing our best. I just thought I'd pop on here real quick, do an actual episode. We are talking about... Chapter 9 at the sign of the prancing pony. So Abe really wants to own someday a non-alcoholic bar pub um where they just serve non-alcoholic beer, which I didn't realize was a thing. Um, cuz Abe and I don't drink alcohol and um never have, except for the one time I was 7 that was just poor judgment on everyone's part. <laughs> but he's always really liked that kind of atmosphere and he really wants to create that in a safe environment so there you have it maybe someday you too can come to our pub which who knows what the name is but prancing pony is a pretty dang good pub name so we learn in chapter nine about um Bree was the chief village of the Bree land Um, and men live there and hobbits live there and they get or they used to get lots of visitors from other races dwarves and elves more particularly and they were still there Um, they've been there since the second age wait yes the second age they kind of felt like they had always been there. There are some really fun quirks about Brie. Uh, they have like a hobbit neighborhood. And they also have accommodations for the hobbits when they get into the Prancing Pony. The barman at Butterbur is there and he is ready for them but also kind of like ah, frazzled like me um, pretty much every day. They kind of keep to themselves. They're a little bit like the Hobbits that way and the Shire where they just kind of like stick to their own neighborhood and stick to what they know, but they're way more welcoming to people from out of town. And I really liked the quote here, the big folk and the little folk, as they called one another, were on, le- were on friendly terms, minding their own affairs in their own ways, but both rightly regarding themselves as necessary parts of the brief Folk. Nowhere else in the world was this peculiar but excellent arrangement to be found. And I love that. And it really matches up with my ideas about, you know, diversity being important. And we'll get to that in a little bit they have a saying strange as news from brie which you know just means that brie was a hub of sorts not so much at this point when our hobbits get there but they are still kind of a hub for people traveling around and and uh moving places or or trading there's a an almost an altercation at the gate frodo and his friends get there and uh it's after night and the gatekeeper is suspicious of them and there's also a crazy well not crazy a weird shadow that jumps over the fence after them which man some gate good work good work brie and spoiler alert that was hard to say spoiler alert the shape or the person that jumps in after them is Aragorn. Dun, dun, dun. One of the things I like about this chapter is that throughout you kind of get these little tidbits of Frodo and Sam following their intuition and Mary as well um, so Frodo is kind of suspicious of the gatekeeper, um, something about him made him uneasy, and then Sam also is trying to listen to his own needs. It says in here, he had imagined, Sam, himself meeting giants taller than trees and other creatures even more terrifying sometime or other in the course of his journey. But at the moment, he was finding his first sight of men and their tall houses quite enough. Indeed, too much for the dark end of a tiring day. And I love that about Sam. He's just kind of like, nope, I'm not in the right mind frame for this right now. Not nearly as exciting as I thought I would come across, but still too much for me at the moment. And this was very soon after they escape from the Barrow Whites. This is the night of them escaping and being saved by Tom Bombadil. I know it's been, like, two months since we talked about it, but it's the same day. So that's kind of a long, long day to be going through. They get to the inn, to the Prancing Pony, where Tom told them to go. There, They meet the innkeeper, Barlamin Butterbur, and he's just... Like I said, kind of like me, always kind of losing track of what he's saying because there's someone else who's needing something or something else that he's just remembered. And he remembers that he's got something to say to the hobbits, but he can't quite remember at the moment. And then he gets called away from somewhere. So he's got some information that we don't know about yet that he wants to share. He's supposed to share with the hobbits, but he, he can't quite remember why they're familiar he says at one point, well now, what was I going to say? One thing drives out another, so to speak, and that's just kind of how I feel sometimes. I don't know if it's me. I think it's partly me and partly being a mom. I saw this great TikTok the other day where it was um, a mom just kind of like going through how she lives her life, and she's just like, oh, I was cleaning out the garbage can when I remembered that it's garbage day and I had to go clean out the fridge so I cleaned out the fridge and then I remembered that my husband wanted some sort of special groceries so I went upstairs to talk to my husband and then when I was upstairs I heard the baby crying so I had to go get the baby and I had to feed the baby and snuggle the baby and then I had to come back downstairs and I saw that the baby had spit up on her clothes so I had to go wash the clothes and it just goes on and on and on and that's sometimes what my life is like if you've never experienced that, I want your brain. I just want it. I'll let you know my address. You can send it to me. Thank you. And, you know, his personality is like that. made them feel winded after just talking to him. And then they're given such good service, they're given dinner in their room, which is hobbit size. They have some hobbit rooms at the inn, and Sam feels much better about the whole place now that he's eaten, which is also just a universal truth. Everybody feels better once they've eaten, just true. then they decide oh we've we've had a long day let's uh let's go hang out with all the other people and so Frodo Sam and. Pippin I'll go into like the main entertaining area and the and Mary is like um I'm not so sure this is a good idea please be careful I'm just gonna go take a walk Frodo at this point is going by the last name of Underhill he's going incognito and they uh, go on out in the common room and there are lots of other hobbits around because it 's kind of you know a place for everybody in town to hang out to kind of divert suspicious because suspicions because uh, hobbits from the shire haven 't been seen around in a long time, not many people visit they frodo says he 's writing a book about the Breelanders, and that 's why he 's there. And all of a sudden he gets all this information. There are some people who are convinced that he's related to them with the last name Underhill. And they were kind of hanging out, talking when Frodo notices that uh, there was a guy sitting in the corner um, who seemed to be listening pretty pretty intently to what they were saying. He uh, was clearly watching Frodo, and he looked kind of the worst for wear, kind of not beaten up, but weather-beaten. He asks Butterbur about him, and he says that's Strider. We don't really know anything about him, but he's kind of a weirdo. Oh, and funny, you should ask about him, but then he never explains himself, and so he goes away. Frodo sees that Strider is looking at him again and decides to go over to him, and You know, in some of the descriptions of the characters in the book, they don't always line up 100%, I think, with the characters, or with the actors that they chose for the movies. But I just need you to listen to this and realize how almost 100% true this is. As Frodo drew near, he, uh, Strider through back his hood showing a shaggy head of dark hair flecked with gray and a pale stern face a pair and in a pale stern face a pair of keen gray eyes and that's so gray eyes are a sign usually of of the men that aragorn is related to descended from and that's kind of the only thing that's not 100% vigo mortensen like he has light blue eyes Not great. I can't believe they picked him. Like, it just, man, he's perfect. He is so perfect. Okay. Anyone who feels otherwise, meet me under the bleachers after school. Oh, not under the bleachers, behind the dumpster. Under the bleachers is like risque, right? Like, that's a euphemism for something? Am I wrong about that? Anyways. So he meets Strider. He's kind of uncomfortable talking to strider because he seems to know a lot about frodo and that's kind of annoying. Then he's sitting with strider they're just kind of awkwardly sitting there together when he hears pippin telling the story of bilbo's disappearance at his birthday party. And frodo is like, "What? You're not supposed to be talking about this sort of thing. They're going to know who we are. Um you're going to let something slip." He was sure that people were going to connect bilbo's disappearing to the ring and that was going to be very very bad he wasn't sure what to do and then strider seems to notice that something's up and says you better do something quick so frodo jumps up on the table and starts to talk and then he has no idea what to say kind of like me just then but Someone cries out for a song, and so he just starts to sing and dance on the table. Which, gotta be honest, it's something I've always wanted to do. I think that would be awesome in the right situation. Don't know how often that kind of situation comes along, though. Let's be honest. Then, he goes on to sing the song Bilbo wrote, which is the spoon, the man and the moon, and the spoon cow jumped over the moon there we go that's the one hey diddle diddle that's the one the cat and the fiddle there we go so then he goes out again because everybody loved the song and jumps around on the table and he had his hand in his pocket and all of a sudden the ring slips on his finger he disappears everyone's all upset that he's disappeared It's very clear that he's just gone. He tries to play it off later, like, oh, here I am. I just curled under the table and was so embarrassed and nobody must have seen me. And now everyone's like, nuh-uh, that was magic. That's gross. Don't do that. So that was kind of, kind of creepy to the people. And uh, Butterbur's like, get on out of here, go to bed. So they head on out. But before they head on out, Strider and Butterbur separately say, hey, I want to talk to you. Please let me come and speak to you in your rooms. It's pretty important. So was like, oh, man, we never should have gone to the common area. Now there are people who know that I can disappear. And oh, and after he disappeared, two guys in the town, one of them is a visitor and the other one is just kind of a no-good guy in the town who likes to stir up a lot of trouble. They kind of look at each other slyly and then sneak on out the door. And we don't know exactly where they're going. Frodo is not happy. And that's it. That's the chapter. And I want to come back to the idea of knowing, <laughs> of knowing yourself. Here are my write-out moments. We're going to try and go through these... So I blubber, blubber, blabber as little as possible. First one, we see throughout the book or this chapter, especially Frodo and Sam having uh, moments of intuition that they, I guess, don't follow exactly. It's not necessarily action oriented, but they listen to it. They acknowledge it. And that happens to me so often, where I will ignore something, where I'm like, I should probably bring the diaper bag, and then I tell myself, nah, we're gonna be in the store for 10 minutes, I'm not gonna want to change his diaper when we're in there anyways, and then, you know, somebody sneezes all over themselves and could have really used a baby wipe at that moment. I could have listened to myself. It's comforting to know that I that I am more competent than I acknowledge most of the time, but also really frustrating that I've trained myself not to listen to it. So first challenge is to when you hear those kind of little little nudges to do things, listen. And if you think it's a bad idea, ask yourself why it's a bad idea. And if it's because you think that it's like Conveniencing someone else or something or it's going to take five seconds more realize it's only going to take five seconds more and just go do the thing the second thing that I love the second write out with me challenge is um that quote I read earlier is both rightly regarding themselves as necessary parts of the brief oak Nowhere else in the world was this peculiar but excellent arrangement to be found. And I talked, when I said it before, about appreciating diversity and how we end up learning so much more when we are around lots of other groups of people who have had different cultures and yes, they often clash, but we can learn a lot and um, grow a lot from those other cultures. I was on Instagram the other day. Who am I kidding? I'm on Instagram every day and there is someone I follow called uh whose account is the Jeffrey Marsh and it's Jeffrey Marsh they were talking about how uh what if you just went into a room and told yourself I belong here and just went with it whatever your room you were walking into and I I love that so much because we talk ourselves out of things so often. So, photos, intuition, intuition in general, I think it's really easy to talk yourself out, out of it. But you can trust yourself and you can tell yourself, I belong here. Maybe it's a dangerous situation and you don't want to be there and that's different. But if you're like going into a room full of, I don't know, you're going, you're in high school or something and you're going into your cafeteria. You can say, I belong here. Because you do, actually. But it's also really, uh, I tried it a couple of times and it was really relaxing. <laughs> it, was, it was nice to not have to stress out about it so much. The third thing I wanted to say is realizing that, people are not always what they seem. So, uh, we know that Strider is Aragorn and we know that he is like the best man in the world. He doesn't seem that way at first, just because he doesn't look like he's taking good care of himself. Um, and it's really just because he was traveling all around the country looking for Frodo, actually. And has made kind of a mess of himself. Ugh, that happens so often, and it's good to be like, "Hey, that guy has a knife. I'm not going to go join him." And I've talked about this before, about um, first impressions or judging people. But I hope that we can get to the point where we see someone who, or even ourselves. Let's start with ourselves. Seeing ourselves and telling ourselves, I don't look like the kind of person I want to hang out with. Well, maybe you don't. Maybe you do, like, want to take a shower. But also, you are a human being. (laughs) So you belong, right? You are part of the world. You deserve to be treated like a human being. And I hope that you guys can try those all out, and hope that you wish me luck on, <laughs> on moving across the country with my children, flying by myself while Abe drives our stuff out. Whew. Oh boy, it makes me nauseous just thinking about it. It's going to happen, and then it will be over, and we will have a house, which will be worth it and) When I get there, I'm going to tell myself that I belong there. Have a great week slash month slash however long it takes me to get back to you guys. Bye.